The Brum Radio Shop is now open with all sorts of Brum Radio stuff with everything from t-shirts and hoodies to mugs and posters and much more. Support Brum Radio. Go to brumradio.com and click on shop. Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Everybody, Barbara Nice here. Barbara's in Strides at Nice as in the Biscuit. And I'm here with Paul. Hiya, Paul. Hello, hello. Well, interesting. I'm here with Paul, but I'm here with Paul. We're not in the same room, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are distancing. And we have been doing this now from the beginning of... What's the first one on the 23rd of March? <laughs> beginning of time, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> no, love. I'm not Doctor Who. Although I know you wish I was. He loves Doctor Who. Go on, love. When was the first one we did? The first one in lockdown. Yeah. Because it's March 23rd, 2020, I've got on my list. That's it. And that's when lockdown came in. So yeah. we were there. Very good. The listeners that are all over the world now put anything to report, listener wise. <laughs> Let's have a look at the list, see if anything new right. has turned up. I would never lie to you, so if there's nothing new. I know, yeah, there's no fake news on this programme. Go on, love. <laughs> right. Uh... <laughs> I like that little lie. <laughs> right. Uh, obviously, our most popular location by quite a way is the United Kingdom. Then the United oh, yeah. States, Australia, oh. Japan, Spain, Finland, Belgium, <laughs> Ireland. Who was it that tweeted they like me reading out countries? Because that's all you're getting today. <laughs> Somebody did say they like that, yeah. yeah. Greece, Germany, nice. Czech Republic. That's new, isn't oh, it? Czech Republic. That's, that's new, the yeah. Czech Republic. Yeah, lovely. Hiya. Hiya, Czech Republic. <laughs> Don't know any, any sayings in Czech that we can say, unfortunately. Well, we're just like the word republic. Do your own thing, kids. <laughs> Thou our own furloughs. We are independent. Yeah, so all over the place. Oh, and, and uh, can I interrupt you again, Barbara? Because I think our guest is arriving. Oh, right, the lovely uh, oh, Chris hello, Neal. Oh, hello. Oh, I'm so pleased to hear you. How oh, are you so, doing? This is amazing. I'm, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Very good. You sound clear as a bell. Of course, it's gorgeous. Now, this is a beautiful Chris Neal. He's coming from... Where? You're in London, aren't you, love? Yeah, in uh, uh, near Peckham, between Peckham and East Dulwich. Yeah. Right. And so you're sounding loud and clear. We've just oh, been good. saying, Chris, we've got listeners all over the world, Japan... Czech Republic. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I'm, I haven't listened to one yet, so I don't know what I'm in for. <laughs> <laughs> You're just in for a chat. I will oh, warn you, we're recording it now because I did do it with somebody and they said, well, you will let me know when it starts, won't you? Said, we've just done it, love. <laughs> oh, that's it. We're on the way. Oh, well, that's all right. And, and is Paul there? Hello, Paul. We've never met. Have yeah. We? I don't Paul? Know, he can't. He can't. Yes, say anything. he can. He can't say anything. Yes, yeah, he, he can. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I just normally Hello, mute Paul. myself. <laughs> Hello. Oh, sorry. Pre- no, listen. He pretends I keep him in a cage, but he does talk. <laughs> and I'm, I think it's very, very nice of Chris to speak to you, then, Paul. Oh, is this what was you? Well, yeah. I wanted to say hello. Yeah. I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lovely lad. How have you been finding it all? What's it been like for you? I've quite liked it. I've yeah, quite I mean. liked it. Mm. Do you know what? There's a, I mean, obviously, I've been very lucky that no one I uh, know well or care about or love has been horribly affected by it. Mm. But I quite like the stillness. And in fact, um, uh, so me and my boyfriend Rory are here. And I mean, Rory's just gone off to the supermarket to do it. I've just kicked him out. So while we do this. <laughs> Yeah. And um, I've been getting on with doing bits of writing and stuff. And 
It, I think it's helped that it's obviously been the weather's been amazing. I mean, like everyone has found it easier because of that, haven't yeah. they? And, uh, and my, I feel a bit sad now because the birds, you know, we don't get an enormous amount of beautiful birdsong in South East London as a rule. And uh, but with the, with the drop in traffic, the bird song, as, as everyone said, you know, it's been lovely, and and that's gone now because the traffic has picked up again, and all that we've been left with is the the squawk of parakeets. <laughs> that's all we have. So that is a bloody. Enough. Go on, I'm What's fascinated that? by the parakeets. You've got pa- yeah, parakeets. We get, we, get, we get lots of, we, you get great flocks. You get them all over London. When I, when I grew up in southwest London, uh, there always used to be lots of stories as to where they came about. So there was a, oh. uh, there was a story that there was a film made in the 60s in Twickenham Studios and they brought in some parakeets as it was I don't know what it was the African Queen or something I don't know anyway and they <laughs> and and they were flying around the studio in Twickenham and they escaped and when I was a kid you'd see parakeets around and there's still a lot around sort of Twickenham and Richmond and so around there and then uh, I've lived around here 20 years and I would say in the last sort of 15 years you you see them here so you see these astonishing you get used to them now it's amazing because i know people in other bits of the country go oh these bloody green parrots flying around bloody awful things and it is kind of an amazing <laughs> sight but yeah you get great flocks of green parrots and they are all over kind of, and they're in central london if you go to hyde park there's a bit of hyde park where it's a bit like the old you know the pigeon in trafalgar square which we don't have anymore but there's a bit in Hyde Park where every day if you go there, I don't know if it's happening over lockdown, although I suppose you can, you, you don't have to be socially distanced from a parakeet, so you're all right. And <laughs> people go along with bags of fruit and what have you, and, and they get absolutely covered in these bloody things, and they stand there snapping each other, having photographs taken while they're dripping head to toe in parakeets. So, uh, yeah, we get, we get lots of parakeets. And they, they look beautiful, but they have a very unlovely call. It's a very kind of ugly... Uh, sort of crawling noise and there was such lovely bird song from blackbirds and thrushes and actually I've no idea if they were from blackbirds I'm just listing two bird types I know blackbirds thrushes men's yeah thrushes more thrushes pigeons have such a beautiful song Uh, and um but but we're missing it they've gone we're missing it we we didn't think we would be grieving for it but we are no I know did you have it round your way Barbara no parakeets. We've had we've no, had no, birds no, like around our bird way. Song. Yeah, but thrush, you get that normally. Thrush around or... my way. <laughs> <laughs> what song it is too? <laughs> All eight verses of it. <laughs> we've uh, absolutely had lovely, lovely bird song, and I live in yeah. a cul-de-sac. You know, in the yeah. in the middle of a, a, a city. Look, I saw a monk yeah. jack deer. You saw a monk. I saw you what? A, a monk, a monk jack deer. Love. You saw it. Deer. I dropped you off once in your road, I think. I remember taking. Yeah, exactly. So, can you imagine a deer I, I in that yeah, road? I can't, I, is, is there a park <laughs> at the end of your road or something? Well, there's some kind of wild. You know what? One of the things I've really liked about all this, Christopher, is because you walk in, you're going local, and you're finding there is bits of hidden parkland around, isn't there? So yeah, actually, there true. is a bit of wild land, and I think that yeah. deer came from there. From there, but, I suppose, better, more yeah. likely than the high street. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's more feasible. But you're right about discovering things because we have gone out for a big walk every other Monday. And I say, I've lived around here for 20 years and Rory has lived with me here for seven years or so. 
And we, so one day we went to Brockwell Park, which is sort of near Brixton, and found a whole side of it I'd never discovered before. I'd always thought Brockwell Park was a bit dreary, to be honest. Mm. But there's a whole side of it with a beautiful walled garden and ponds and all this kind of stuff. And then the other day we went to this bit that I'd always wanted to go to, it's only a mile or so from here, called One Tree Hill, which is sort of in Brockley. Mm. And uh, as we walked there, we came across a bloody enormous golf course that I didn't know I lived next to. There's a golf course there. And then we got to One Tree Hill and it has one of those sort of council signs on the way in telling you the, or the history of the place. And, and it's full of all these stories that then at the end it just goes, that didn't really happen. So it said, it said uh, <laughs> Londoners uh, used One Tree Hill as a vantage point to watch the last final stand of Queen Boadicea as she, as she fought off the Watsits, you know, and this kind of thing. And they and this supposedly took place on Peckham Rye, which was down the hill. And then at the end they went, we don't think this happened. We think that was in the Midlands. And then there was another one. Queen Elizabeth I came here and got very drunk under a tree under the eponymous One Tree or One Tree Hill. Not sure that actually happened. And it listed all these things that never happened there. And then weirdly, there so obsessed with it that when you go into it and it's very nice it's like this patch of woodland and it's around you you've no idea you've got you know busy southeastern roads around you but as you go into it, you get to this tree and it's got a railing around it like it's a very precious tree and it says this tree is not the one tree of tree hill but it was planted on the site of it in 1905 so it's not even the real thing but they've just put a sort of thing around it going it could have been here so we did that the other day and then walked through uh forest hill which is just a, a bit down the road of southeast london and which i i the only reason i'd ever go to forest hill in the past i used to do gigs at um uh, a pub there often but there's these beautiful streets up on the hill with these amazing views into london and these fantastic mm. kind of art deco villas and it was like being in los angeles but you know conveniently close to the south circular <laughs> so nice. which is brilliant what i've you what i, what I love i love a lot of what you've just said there but it's like you suddenly realize that on your doorstep are these places like you said just like being in los angeles or just like yeah. being in yeah. anywhere really are you much of a yeah. traveller, Chris? Are you a fella that goes and looks at the world? Are you happy? No, at home? do you know what? You I, said, I, said, I, said to, I said in a weird way, yeah, there's a bit of me, there's a bit of me, the last few weeks, the only, actually the only time we went further than we could walk to was we went to see uh, our friends Izzy Sooty and her partner Ellis and their kids and we had a sort of socially uh, distanced chat with them on their steps and they live up in Crystal uh, Palace which is only about yeah. an hour and a half walk away but it's uphill all the way so we've got the bus up there and that was the first time we'd yeah. been on a bus and I thought oh my god you know what I'd have done very well in the past when people never went beyond their village I think I'd have been fine and so we were, that was like a day trip that was like oh we've gone to Crystal Palace as I've got older I'm not bothered by holidays as such um mm. I quite like the idea of work taking me to places so you know there's lots of bits of the world I'd like to see but I wouldn't really want to go there just for a jaunt so I'd like to go to Tokyo I'd like to go to Australia but the idea of just going there for a laugh strikes me as obscene it's sort of weird but if I, for some reason I had to go there for work that would be quite nice you know that sort of Would thing. yeah I was going to do a my first cruise before all this. No, not what I Have you ever done a yeah? Have you ever no. done a cruise? No. I'd love to do a cruise. In that, I think you'd get so much material out of it. <laughs> It'd be nice. I'd like it. I think. Yeah. I think Where I are you going like to go? It. I can't remember now. Love. I think it was. Uh... <laughs> Gibraltar, I think. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's well, I suppose, yeah. 
Yeah. What do you well, think? Well, we'd soon be, it'd be the only way of accessing Gibraltar because we'd be locked out soon enough. So you'll have to get there by boat, <laughs> by gunboat. That's right. Oh. So anyway, yeah, I was going to go on it. I don't know whether I would... I know what you mean about using work, because we're both in the comedy business, as a way of seeing the world. Because before all this, what I wanted to do was to get very, very fit, yeah. do circus training and be able to go on tramp, uh, trapezes and then go oh, yeah. to Australia yeah, go to Australia and do a show called Twinkle, which is about older, older people but being very fit. That's what I wanted to do, but that's not going to happen. All I would say was that so we, we, were trying, we were cutting the hedge and the front door slammed and I thought, oh, it's fine, I can hop over the side <laughs> gate. I've done that before and I knew the back door was open and um, and that's what caused it to slam, the through draft, you know. And anyway, I got halfway up and I thought, I can't do this. I cannot get out. And now, admittedly, there's more ivy on the gate now, which is basically the only security the house has, the fact the side gate is all, <laughs> it's all jammed up with ivy. But I was in my slippers and I was wearing shorts and I had to go tr- trudge around to a neighbour's to see if they could unlock their side passage that I could clamber through our broken fence. But I, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know why I'm telling you. Oh, that, about trapeze work, that was the closest <laughs> I've come to trapeze work. That is what I was telling you about. That is what I was telling you. <laughs> You're making me laugh. You've always made me laugh. Now, the, no. the, we had, I, uh, we've had Izzy Sutty on as well. I love Izzy. Oh, so it's lovely. really nice. I'm very yeah. pleased to hear that you're good mates with her. She's oh, a lovely yeah. girl. And I supported Izzy on tour a few years ago. We had a lovely time. And um, and actually, I remember it was quite a difficult time for both of us. I'd just come out of a long-term relationship and uh, Izzy's dad had just died. Mm. And uh, we drove round and Izzy had asked me to support her on tour and we had such a laugh. But I'll tell you what the thing was with Izzy. She has absolutely no idea where in the country you are at any one time. And... (laughs) So when I saw the itinerary, can you still hear me? I'm going to check yes, it. it's lovely, yes. it's clear, uh, beautiful. When I checked the itinerary, <laughs> there was one weekend, and we were um, we were at the uh, whatever that the, the famous stand-up club in Birmingham is on the Friday. Oh, the Glee Club, the, the Glee, Glee Club. club. Yeah. We were at the Glee Club on the Friday. We were in Berwick upon Tweed on the Saturday, <laughs> and we were at the at Warwick Arts Centre on the Sunday. And Izzy had arranged, <laughs> Izzy had arranged for us to go up by train on the Friday to Birmingham, stay in the night in Birmingham, take about 47 trains to get from Birmingham <laughs> to Berwick-upon-Tweed on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday, come back from Berwick-upon-Tweed to, to, to King's Cross, where we would walk along the Euston Road and get a train on back to Coventry. So I said, what the hell are we doing that for? She said, I thought it would be nice to come back to London. I said, we're only going to have time to walk along the Euston Road and pick up a sandwich and go back again. So I said, why don't we hire a car and I'll drive us? Anyway, so that's what we did. And I drove us around. And on the um, on the way, so we, we had this leisurely start in Berwick-upon-Tweed on the Saturday, on the Sunday morning. We were in, in Warwick on Sunday night. And we're driving down the M1 and we stopped off to see her mum. We stopped off at a, a, a kind of retail outlet on the M1 somewhere near where her mum lived then. And um, anyway, as we're driving down, you know that sometimes that thing on a motorway, you drive and there's something in the far distance. And I never know how far the horizon potentially could be on a motorway. I don't think it's like eight miles or 20 mm. miles. Anyway, there was this physical structure, like a little thing sticking out on the far horizon. We're driving south on the M1. And I said to Izzy, I said... I said, what do you think that is? I said, look at that over there. And she said, oh, she said, she said, I don't know. But she said, do you think it could possibly be the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> <laughs> I said, we haven't even 
Henry Sheffield. It's not going to be the bloody Eiffel Tower, is it? And also, love, I've got to say, you could have gone Glee Club, Warwick, and then Maricon Tweed. Tell me about it. I mean, it wasn't me that organised this nonsense, <laughs> I can tell you. Oh, my God. Some of it was ludicrous. So, anyway, we had quite a nice time. You but had a nice time. I've always had nice gigs in Birmingham. And I know it's like Britain's second city. You can't get anything to eat after about 10.30 at night. I mean, that was a nightmare. Oh, was... well, yeah, it is. But, God, where did you where did you try and go for something to eat? We Well, so we were left the Glee Club. And then, of course, we just walked around the corner. And it was about, yeah, so it was about sort of 10.30 and uh, we're walking about and there was just like everywhere I can't even think what we tried now but we ended up I remember we ended up in this <laughs> Szechuan restaurant it was the only place we could get into and I love Szechuan food very much but we, it was all quite spicy and then the next morning I remember making Izzy try all these exotic things that we had we had we had sheep lung and we had you know all this <laughs> stuff. and then and then and then the next morning both of us slightly our bodies demanded slightly too much time on the toilet. You know, this is the yes. reality of yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, and as we were driving up to Berwick, we were discussing this. And Izzy said, do you think she's... <laughs> so I'm being so mean, but she, I love her dearly, but she does say some mad things, which I know is one of the things that sort of makes her so brilliant. But she said, she said, do you think we both suffered? Because in a way, our spleens have rejected spleen. <laughs> it's like too oh. much spleen. <laughs> I said, I'm not sure the spleen has really kicked up a fuss at other spleen coming into our bodies. That's not, I'm not sure that's really happened, but you never know. It was a theory, I suppose. But no, we had a nice time. And I mean, I know Birmingham's obviously not your neck of the woods, but I just, it's, uh, I know you get about. And so you might I get about, about, love. You do get, get about. about. We did a gig together in Sturchley, I remember. I very much so. I've done a few oh, things man. with you in Sturchley. Yeah. And um, Sturchley's become rather fashionable now, I read. It has, love. St. Sturchley yeah. is now yeah. known as. Sturchley. <laughs> what do you think about all Because there'll be no live entertainment, love. Some people are saying not till 2029. So 2029? What do you th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, just to put the wind up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of 2029? There'd be nobody doing nothing till then. To be honest, if it's not coming back to 2029, I'm not going to massively worry about it now. Exactly. (laughs) Don't pick him, worry about it. I'm going to start going through Facebook and see which comedians start going, oh, my diary's filling up already. I've got nothing until, (laughs) no no weekends free until 2031. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of it all? Are you bothered or not bothered? Well, do you know the weird thing? I was talking to a friend this morning and we were saying, you know, when this all started and it was all just, you know, well, you know, just just the reality of dealing with it and the, the novelty of the, the queuing and all that kind of thing. Mm. And that's even if, you know, you weren't affected any, in any serious way by it. Mm. Um, but now it's got to this point, you kind of go, well, how does this ever stop? <laughs> How will this ever end? And anyway, when it does end, you know, you, I saw a terrifying photo from a, a theatre in Berlin and they said, oh, we're going to reopen. And they have like these pairs of seats with sort of <laughs> six six feet around each pair of seats. And and I was really seeing that the old Vic in London might reopen, but only have like 20 people in it. Now, that would be a good show for me, to be honest. Having 20 people in, I'd be going, oh, yeah. <laughs> one of my more popular outings on stage. As everyone else is going, everyone else is going, oh my God, can you imagine doing it only in front of 20 or 30? And I say, yeah, we all have a dream. We all have a dream. That's brilliant, but, Chris. 
But I just, I mean, you know, I mean, the economics of it aren't there, are they? I mean, it's just so, I don't, oh, God knows. And, you know, when people go, oh, well, we're doing stand-up gigs on online, and I think, oh, I would rather put a fork in my eyes, really, <laughs> than watch it or take part. I mean... Now, I've I'm, been doing a show. I've been doing Barbara Nice's Lock-In. Very, it's, it's good, Chris. I get has people... It? Well, I get people doing stuff. Oh, so, for example, I, I say things like, uh, yeah, it depends what you do with it. So I said things like the last one, I'm going to play, uh, how are you, five-old? Look around your house and get, get dressed up as Marge Simpson. Get going. Then people do it. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's this nice. Like the Third Reich started, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had a way with people, getting people to do that. <laughs> Before, before this all happened, they said, oh, if some woman came on, some woman came on and told me to dress up as Marge Simpson, sure, she can, you know, do one. And now they're going, whatever you say, and there'll be an inquiry at the end of it, and they go, oh, That's just following right. orders. I think it was Daniel Kitson that described me as the benevolent dictator. <laughs> yeah, see, I wonder people like Dan, what he's doing, because, I mean, he was always on the road doing stuff, wasn't he? So, well, I think he'll be, he'll be he's got a lot of online stuff, he'll be flogging it online, yeah. though, I think. Yeah, fogging it online. Like, you know, <laughs> Going back to the old days, the webcam days, close the, close yeah. the blinds and I should get, flog I should it get online. I'm going to see how much I can raise. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about, you know, re-getting re things ready and having space, what do you think of what's going on with Reese Mark? I saw you tweeting about it. What's going on there? Well, they're what, all queue, they look like, you know, they're all queuing up to vote at Westminster, like they're waiting uh, outside pound oh, stretcher. A, well, you know, the government is breaking its own rules, having the MPs being forced to come in. It's just mm. gerrymandering, really. That's all it is. It's gerrymandering Parliament. And it's because Boris Johnson can't cope without a load of braying donkeys behind him. So that's why they've affected the... I mean, there's, there's no problem why, why MPs shouldn't be able to, you know, vote at home if need be. Uh, it's an insult to MPs, MPs who either have to, are carers for vulnerable people or are vulnerable themselves. It's a waste of politicians' time to be queuing like that, you know, an hour and a half in the bloody sunshine getting sunstroke. Um, but, you know, we live, I think, ever since, uh, well, you know, I'm not keen on Jeremy Corbyn. I think ever since that point, I think this country has gone through the looking glass from Jeremy Corbyn, Brexit, you know, onwards. We've just, we've gone mad. And I think we're, a, we're an international laughing stock now. I just, I, I, I'm horrified by what we've become, really. Oh, I know what you mean, love. It's all anyway. I, I was just very, very struck by them all queuing up. Look, I just stood yeah. outside pound oh, I stretch. I know. I wish I could think of something to, funny to say about it, but, but I we can't. don't I have just... to. I, it's fine. Honestly, you don't have to be funny all the <laughs> time. No, nobody's funny all the time. We'd be no, mad. I we... No, I get so cross about it, and that was such a disgrace. And the fact they won't even—it's such an insult to you know to vulnerable people. I think, and set, set such a bad example. And is going against the government's own rules. It's it's and will mean you know I think what is I think somebody worked out there are about fifteen million people now in this country who will not have a representative vote be able to vote for them I know. on their behalf because they'd be disenfranchised. We've never had that. Surely it can't continue, love. What, what oh, does I, he you know, think? Ever since twenty fifteen, I think you always think, oh, it can't get worse than this, and then it does, doesn't it? I mean, it just gets mm. worse and worse and worse. At least I do think we now have a leader of the opposition capable of doing the job, which I'm very pleased about. And he's capable. I, I, I think Johnson can't cope with him with Starmer, which is. He doesn't look say. very well, Boris, to me. No, well, he's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he don't. Anyway, I don't think he looks very piggy. Well, now, what about your radio show, Wolf? Tell us about Wolf. that. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a third series going out in August, which we recorded back in January, and we only did. We didn't need to do it then, because it didn't. It wasn't always going out in August, and I just kind of wanted to get it done. I wanted to be forced to kind of write it, so we did that back in January. And what a relief it is, was otherwise, God knows how we'd have done it. Um, so that yeah. goes out in August, and we've just put in for a new series. And I was very chuffed the other day because Graham Norton mentioned it on his Radio Two show. Ah, oh, nice brilliant! Yeah. Which was very lovely of him, and. Uh, uh, so that's going out in August and then hopefully another series, if they buy any more after that, who can say? But, um, and then what else? I'm trying to drag this out now. But I've, I've put in for a Radio 4 play. I'd like to do a Radio 4 play. You so are, I, right. You've yeah. put, well, an, put idea an idea in. I've put an idea with a lovely producer called Sally Avens, who, who, whose work I like. She does the Charles Paris Mysteries uh, with Bill Nye. I don't know if you've ever oh, heard Oh, well, I've heard of Bill. I'm not yeah, you've Charles. heard of him. And you've heard of Sally now. She's good. Bill and Sally, what a of... pair. <laughs> What a lovely couple they make. They're so, um, <laughs> Done that. And then uh, there was a little talk about possibly Woof, a bit of TV development, possibly about an animation, which I'd like to do. As an, oh, that would yeah. Be great. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it sort of live action, but maybe if we could find a way of animating it, that would be quite exciting. Um, ah. So, yeah, it's all kind of, it's always a, there's a little book thing that I'm working on and, you know. But to be honest, between, you know, getting up and emptying the dishwasher and keeping up with podcasts, <laughs> I mean, there's not much time for anything. No, I know, we're picky and busy, aren't we, look? Yeah, I like the idea of you doing a voiceover for animation. Have you done, done any of that? You're perfect I've, for it. Well, I've done a few, I was in a few children's things. So I played uh, an owl called Al, <laughs> in yeah, a thing lovely. called Poppycat with, um, uh, who's that, the Welsh woman from, oh, they're all Welsh, but in, um, oh, God. So what's the big, uh, uh, Gavin, Gavin and Stacey. Yeah. Uh, jo, what's her name, the blonde one. Anyway. Oh, her. yeah, she's nice. I know who you she's mean. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So she lovely, played yeah. Poppycat. She's lovely. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so lovely I've wiped her from my mind. Um uh, uh, she played Poppycat and we, uh, so I did 104 episodes of that where I played Al and what was lovely about that, so I'd never done an animation before and we all did it in the studio apart from Joe, who came in and did her own bits separately so no wonder she's not stayed in my mind but the rest of us all did our bits together and there was Al and there was a cat uh, there was a, uh, a rabbit and a creature that nobody's sure if it was a mouse anyway, that kind of thing and um, and then, so they, as the writers as we did the first series, we did it and then when they did this, when they commissioned a second series, of course, all the writers had then heard the first series and wrote very much more for the characters. And when I got the part, um, I, I, I remember I was so chuffed. I was so thrilled. It was, it was in that rather bleak period of my life. And it was such a nice little sort of pick me up. Mm. And I thought long and hard. Really, I mean, I didn't really know how to do it. And I thought long and hard, well, what, you know, what to do? I, I, all I knew from the director that lots of people had come in and auditioned for the owl and done a rather kind of plummy voice and, right. and they hadn't got the part. So I thought, well, I've got to avoid that. That's not what I'm going to do. And in the end, after sort of thinking about it long and hard, I decided to play the owl as a middle-aged gay camp nasal man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> going straight against type. 
<laughs> I had to dig really deep to get there, but you know, I got there in the end. And um, but when we did the second series, because the writers had heard this, of course, they say they wrote much more for the characters or the voices they'd heard. And I was always getting episodes. There was one episode where all the all the other characters was I was the sort of wise character. All the other characters would come to me and go, "What does it take to be a queen now?" <laughs> <laughs> I be a queen and I'd have to give them lectures about how to be a queen yeah, and, and then there was a very filthy episode where uh, one one character was going to give me a pearl necklace oh, <laughs> like right. that was a, you know all this kind of stuff but it was really fun and then I did a I did another one I played a, I played a thing which I'd never heard of called a jaboa this was in a French animation I played it's like a kind of desert hamster gerbil thing oh, and right. interestingly when you listen to the jaboa you find out that he's very closely related to the owl <laughs> 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 So I have done a few of them. They are nice. I do like them. And, and I like the first one particularly because we all gathered together, as I say, apart from Joe, and, and did our things together, which was a very a lovely, lovely experience. And you all know this, Barbara, I'm sure, in all the different things you've done. The weird thing about our world is the more a job pays you, the better they treat you. That's so if right. You do, if you do a job for no money, they can barely look at you. But if you do a job <laughs> that is paying you, like really quite handsomely, not only are they paying you really handsomely, but they're constantly sort of checking. Do you want a drink, Chris? Do you, come on, what do you want for lunch? Here's some different menus. We'll send someone out for lunch. And I go, I don't mind going to get my own lunch. You're paying me a bloody fortune. No, you save yourself, love. Someone can go and do that for you. It's ridi- well, yeah, it's the, the ridiculous nature of capitalism. So um, anyway, but no, it was it was a lovely thing. But as you as you listen, like, I've got lots of friends who do lots of voiceovers, and unfortunately, I feel unless you're Stephen Fry. Oh. You need more than one voice. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing the owl. What kind of a voice would you do for a parakeet? It would sound very much like an owl and a jaguar, <laughs> to be honest. It would sound all the same. It would sound all the bloody same. I can't do anything else, you know. Don't worry, I can, do you don't they, need they, to. They sometimes say, oh, could you lighten it? But I'm talking like this, and then they go, could you lighten it a bit, Chris? And I go, yeah, of course I can. What's this like? And they go, yeah, OK. <laughs> it's exactly the same as before. <laughs> I want you to change because as soon as I heard you go, hello, Barbara, I thought, oh, there's Chris. <laughs> there's I don't the want owl. you to. Oh, there's the owl. There's my lovely owl. <laughs> well, actually, weirdly, this thing happened soon after the first series. I remember we did, I was, I was booked to host these events at this um at this food festival one weekend and i had to there were various things that i had to sort of stand on stage and host these chefs doing these things and it was slightly excruciating but um i was doing it once and there was a a woman and her two little kids sitting down there and in the audience and uh something i caught sort of sense you know that thing bobby you know audiences never think about this but actually you know when you're on stage all you're doing is listening to the audience aren't you yeah, you're not really listening yeah, yeah. to what you're doing all you're doing is listening to them yeah and i could sort of sense this little sort of kerfuffle with these little kids and i, I thought well, i have to address this this is quite strange and and it's because they'd recognize my voice they were suddenly presented <laughs> with a mystery of owl from poppycat <laughs> hosting this this guy who was talking to them about cooking something or other with chocolate and then similarly when i met my boyfriend rory he sent me a photo so he's from dublin and his sister still lives in dublin at that time her kids were like five and three and she wasn't free she was three and he sent me a photo of them and in the background on the telly they were watching i could see the the the, the camera had captured the mid-watching an episode of poppycat 
And I, said, I hadn't told Brooke. I said, oh, my God, that's me on telly, this owl. And anyway, they when I first met them, when they were still little, like five, they could not get there. We met in Bristol, I remember. Uh, they would come over to, to, I think they were going to Legoland or something. We had all met in Bristol, first of all, for a couple of nights in a hotel. And I don't know, they deny it, but I think they were a bit shocked that I wasn't an owl. <laughs> That Uncle Rory wasn't going out with his owl because that's oh, what they thought. But um, no, it's been a, it was a lovely thing. Have you ever done it? No, I'd like to. I like the you idea might, you of have a lovely voice for it. Yeah, you could well, be. you know, be a bit like you, one 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 trick pony. But once well, you found, yeah but... yeah, but once you're there, love, something like Chicken Run or something like that. <laughs> It would be. It would be. What you want. The trouble is with animations is is that, and this is obviously career guidance for all the young actors listening. Yeah, to us. go on. Um, but the annoying bloody thing is that by and large they only ever do one, and we were very lucky on Poppycat because they did two series, so 104 episodes. But the annoying thing is they don't need to keep making them because, of course, the audience self regenerates. Oh yeah. And so all they right. can come to it afresh all the time, which is so annoying. So unless you're on Thomas the Tank Engine, which apparently does keep churning them out, a friend of mine does that, you, you kind of two series is the most you ever get of anything, which is a shame, really. Because it's you lovely. do know that the fella that does Thomas the Tank Engine's just died. I know, I saw that. Well, a friend of mine is in it, Kerry Shale. I don't know who he does. I think he's the controller. Oh. The fucking... Anyway. I just yeah, wanted I saw to it. He was know. very young, wasn't he? He was only like 61. It is young, isn't it? I'm very yeah. pleased to hear you say that. Yeah, Piggy and young. young. Well, it's not young, but, I mean, it's young to die. It, it is young to die. <laughs> <laughs> All the big subjects on this podcast, young to die. <laughs> young to die. <laughs> right, what's Rory gone for from the supermarket for your love? Well, you? Because you know you're what? a good cook, aren't you? A well, good I'm cook. all right, cook. So uh, the trouble was, so, you know this thing initially, you meant to only go out for exercise and shopping for bare essentials. And mm. I thought... If I don't go out to the shops every... I mean, like, I do... I have a policy. It's awful. I'm a bit of a hoarder. So I didn't do any of that. I didn't buy all that toilet roll and stuff. And I didn't, no. I didn't buy anything extra when we, when it all, when people were going mad stocking up on stuff. Mm. But I've always had, I mean, I've got unbelievable amounts of pasta and dried things and lentils and tins of this and bottles of that. And I've always been like that. So I never had to kind of stock up in that mad way that people did stupidly. But... Yeah. Like, obviously, you need fresh stuff. And I thought, I can't just go out once a week. To, and I thought, I'd go mad. I quite like, you know, popping out and buying a few bits. And I'll go down to Peckham to the stalls there and get yeah. fruit and veg. So we've got lots of stuff. But I, he went out and I, there were a few... i tell you what I've got trapped into. I mean, I, I'm a, I've, become a, I've become a victim of my, my Nectar app. I mean, I'd always just, you know, put your Nectar card in at the end and that was that. And, of course, they're all sending you offers now. Yeah, buy a bit of root ginger, 100 extra points. And I got I got into a ludicrous scenario the other day. I don't know if you've said, well, I don't know what supermarket you use, Barbara, but there was this thing now. So you scan stuff as you go, you know, and then you just pay for it at the end. Yeah. So on my app on my phone, I'm scanning it as I go. You tots it all up and then you go to a till at the end and you scan something onto the thing and it tells you how much you owe. Anyway, one of the things I'd really wanted, because it was 100 points, so a pound back, was a tin of anchovies. Now, 
The thing was, the tin of anchovies is only 95p. So if you get a pound back, they're basically paying you 5p to buy a tin of anchovies. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I've done this. I've got the anchovies. I paid for the thing. I got out. I looked at the receipt. I realised I'd ended up not scanning the anchovies. I'd effectively stolen the anchovies, which meant it had actually cost me money because I would have gained <laughs> 5p if I'd nicked the bloody anchovies. So you've been, right, so all this going on with your nectar stuff, yeah. right. So I had to go back the next day to buy, I had to queue for half an hour to buy a tin of bloody anchovies. <laughs> and what did and you do? the annoying with... thing is, well, the annoying thing is that I bought me tin of anchovies and I thought, oh, good, I'll give me 5p. And then I realised it wasn't a pound, it was only 50p, you say, so it actually cost me 45p. Keep busy with it, it's this sort of That's, I know, well, there's no such thing as a pig in bargain, they'll get you one way or the other. I now, listen, right. I love talking to you, you've always made me pig in laugh. What no, we, and you uh, me, darling. Oh, sweetheart. Enjoy it. And I, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Oh, and I'm yeah. glad, you know, we'll probably see each other back on the road. 20, yeah, 2029. Th- yeah, or 32, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah, once it's, <laughs> once you can have three together at any one time. <laughs> I mean, have you? did you take lots of hit? Did you lose lots of stuff in your diary? And... Oh, yes, love. Yeah, I was going to yeah. go to Glastonbury this year, you know. Were you? Mm, I would have liked that. But anyway, yeah. you've just got to make, you got to make do with yeah. what's happening, haven't you, love? Yeah, and there's lots of people out there who are having a worse time of it than us, so I think we're, yeah. you know, you know yeah. it, could be, it could be a lot worse. And to be honest, I'm quite happy never leaving the house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know and we that... used to do gigs together, but I always, it terrified me stand-up. It always terrified me. It would hang over oh. me all day long. I never enjoyed it. And the, the best feeling I ever got from it, I realised I had to stop stand-up when... Some people would like, be so down when they came off stage if they'd had a bad gig or they'd be so up if they'd had a good gig. Yeah. I found that if I'd had a good gig, I felt slightly less bad than if I'd had a terrible gig. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I feel like this, is, this isn't the effect I want. <laughs> That's right. You've got more picking sense. <laughs> Lovely lads. Say hello to Rory and enjoy do. yourself, darling. I Keep going do. for Thank them you. walks. Yeah, I will do. So lovely to speak to you, Barbara. And thank you so much, Paul. Sorry about the internet connection and (laughs) all that. Oh, no, it's not a pigging problem. It was (laughs) wonderful. You're a lovely lad. Bye-bye, honey. And you. Take Take care, care, love. See ya. So there he was. I've heard of them parakeets before. It's nice to get some information (laughs) on it. I still don't quite... Yes, love? I'm worried about something in that What is it? Have you announced the death of Ringo Starr? Isn't no, he the, isn't he the no. guy that does to Thomas the Tank Engine? Paul. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> isn't, isn't no, it, not Ringo, Biggie Star. Ringo's right. Just listen now with your Doctor Who knowledge. <laughs> Ringo Star, stop making it. It was Michelangelo's. Oh wow. I, I've not. I've not just announced. <laughs> you must keep this in, by the way. I have not just announced on podcast the death of Ringo Star to the Czech Republic. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it was Ringo Starr in my day. I was really worried. No, well, you probably poor Paul going, is Ringo dead? <laughs> oh, dear. No, love. Uh, no, we shouldn't be laughing here. It's no, no, Michelangelo's. No, okay, but, yeah, I've not, I've not I just... I honestly didn't know they'd handed it over. I thought Ringo still do it. You can still get Ringo doing it, love. Don't oh, worry. Yeah. And just another point of order. <laughs> I learned it when you went, Barbara, <laughs> yeah, go on. Really worried. And no, go on. Another point. Stacy from Gavin and Stacey is Joanna Page. What was what were we calling That's her? Just Joanna. I don't think he remembered her name, but yeah. We both said she was lovely. There's yeah, nothing problematical lovely. there. No, no, I just wanted to get a name out there. Okay, so that was the lovely, the wonderful, oh. absolutely lovely Chris Neal. And I'm yeah. worried about you thinking all the way through his Ringo Star <laughs> dead. I hope he yeah. doesn't die today and then we'll no, get no. hauled out for some kind of... <laughs> 
I don't know which. They put me in a ducking stool. Don't let her mention your name on podcast because otherwise <laughs> she's calling you out. Uh, Lovely talking to him. He's enjoying himself and very nice lad. Right, okay. So, Paul, I'm going to have to get off now, uh, love. Fair enough. Because, like you said, it's all changing. You can't hear the birds so much and all that mm. kind of stuff. And I'm, there's a few more jobs I want to get done before the roundabout starts up and we're all on it. I've got stuff to paint. Things to grout. I loved oh, it when dear. you went, Barbara, Barbara, <laughs> have you just announced the death of Ringo like, Starr? Can we put this podcast out? <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay, bye-bye. See you tomorrow, everybody, especially them in the Czech Republic. Ta-ra, kids. Ta-ra. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.